0: Welcome back to Commodity Conversations by the team at Mercado, the podcast where we aim to keep you up to date with the latest trends, drivers, and moves in livestock, grain, and oilseed and fibre markets. I'm Olivia Agar. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. The growth in online livestock sales has hit a new pace over the last few years, and Tim McCrae, who's chief economist at Auctions Plus, is here with us today to share his insight into what he believes has driven this shift. How they're using data like clearance rates to analyze the market direction and how they think it can be used in the future. Before I hand over to Robert Herman and Tim though we obviously have some big news stories for commodity markets this week with the fear of Russia invading Ukraine becoming a reality and this is all going to take some time to unravel and sink in but even with the risk that was priced into a lot of commodity markets prices have exploded higher while stocks and equities took a beating. And there's a lot of moving parts like soaring energy costs and the flow onto nitrogen markets, blockages to shipping routes through the Black Sea, what countries have sanctions in place that are going to prevent trade with Russia. And there's going to be a lot of significant impacts on wheat, corn, energy and fertilizer as a starting point with Ukraine and Russia combined accounting for around 25 to 30% of global wheat exports. They also supply 13% of the world's nitrogenous fertilizer. And that's all at a time when global stocks to use is expected to be at record lows. So we are well and truly in a bull market. There's a lot of volatility ahead. And you can head to the Mercado website for more detailed reports on the situation as it stands. Moving on to something lighter though. And yard lamb prices continued to fall across the eastern seaboard this week. There were reports that there was good quality finished lambs on offer but the bidding intensity just wasn't there. The heavy lamb indicator is back under 800 cents for the first time since June last year, and it's fallen around 19% from the record highs of August 2021. So trade lambs are back to a premium to heavy lambs in all states on a cents per kilo basis except WA, where the market there just seems to be on a bit of a different momentum and prices improved this week. I'll leave it there today and pass you over to Robert Herman and Tim McRae for the episode.
1: Today's sponsor of Commodity Conversations is Cleavers Organic Meats. All Cleavers products are sourced from Australian family owned farms, where animals are raised in free range environments, are grass fed from start to finish and meet the strict animal welfare requirements of the Australian Certified Organic Standard. They offer a wide range of delicious lamb, beef and chicken products. Jump on their website to learn more at www.cleaversorganics.com.au.
2: Well, thanks very much, Olivia. Yes, on Commodity Conversations, it's great to welcome back Tim McRae. Tim uh, has got a long and um, well-respected reputation in the, I don't know about a long reputation, Tim, but anyway, well-respected reputation in the analysis um, business, especially for cattle and sheep, and now Tim's with Auctions Plus. And this week, I was fortunate enough up at uh, Cootamundra to hear Tim give a presentation talking about what happens? What's happened in auctions plus in this very unique year we've just had go by in terms of selling stock? So, Tim, great to work, great to welcome you back again to Commodity Conversations.
1: Nice to be uh, invited back, Robert.
2: Well, uh, let's get stuck into it. The um, I, look—I think it's a really good story you've got to tell because um, Auctions Plus really had a strong year. Um, just talk us through, you know, how many total users, how many cattle, how many sheep, and I will prompt you here, you did compare Auctions Plus sheep sales on an annual basis with some of the big um, sale yard markets.
1: Yeah, look, Auctions Plus, I mean, it's very interesting, like we're at the uh, field day Kudamandra Cootamundra, that you, you bump into a lot of people who have had a part to play in Auctions Plus over the last three or four decades. So it it's a bit like an overnight sensation that took you know, 35 years to get where it's at. What we've seen in the last two years, particularly, and admittedly COVID and movement restrictions has been an assistance, but I think not as much as an assistance as the excellent seasons, which has created flexibility, but you know, we've got over 200,000 registered users now on the auctions plus platform um, last year, just under 800,000 commercial cattle were sold um, and 2 point, uh, sorry, 4.4 million commercial sheep were offered. So putting that in context, I think from the MLA sale yard survey, Wagga was about 1.8 million sheep and lambs for the financial year. And the complete sale yard system in Australia was about 13.5 million. So it puts Auctions Plus in context I've been pulled up a few times of saying that, you know, Options Plus is now Australia's largest livestock selling centre. And, um, you know, there's some debate over that, but certainly some very big numbers on both sides um, that we see each week. I mean, even just, just today, we had 22,000 head of commercial cattle offered. Um, from an analysis point of view, that was the biggest weekly offering we've seen since November 20. So there seems to be some more cattle coming in. But uh, what really excites me is what we can do with all the
2: information and data that we get. Well, we'll get to that, but I was interested to see that you're not just selling, um, you know, sheep and cattle on Options Plus these days. There's a whole lot of um, different, um, platform, uh, different commodities, if you like, that are using this platform.
1: Yeah, look, I, you know, the logical step from commercial sheep and cattle, which is our bread and butter, Um, particularly in the last two years, our growth in our stud sheep and stud cattle sales has been, you know, phenomenal. Um, You know, 400, almost 400 stud sheep sales last year, 380 cattle sales, um, seven stud goat sales, which are growing. Um, But, you know, it's, it's particularly the branching out into the machinery and clearing sales side of things that's really both putting a strain on, you know, auctions plus resources, which is, is great. Yeah, naturally ties into the use of the stock and station agent and the network there that do the commercial side of things. So it is a good connection. We've even had eighty properties sold through Options Plus, which is uh, a growing side of the market. And I think it shows that uh, you know producers are pretty quick to adapt to things when it when it works for them. And um, you know, if I can sit on my lounge on a Friday night and flick through a clearing sale catalog and. And if there's nothing there, saves me the drive out to, to check it out on a Saturday. Um, you know, it, it's certainly beneficial.
2: Providing you're not relying on the CWA lunch for uh, for that midday meal um, at the clearing sale. There's a couple of things I just wanted to ask about. Um, working dogs. Was that the first year you sold working dogs? Because I think there were seven sales. Is that right? There were seven
1: working dog sales last year. There was... Is, is that individual dogs or, or...? No, that's that's actual large sales. We have yeah. a big one on this weekend at Gerildery. Yeah. Um, and how the dog sales particularly go is the catalogue and the viewing will be open for about a week before. Yeah. The physical sale on the weekend where most people are in attendance so you can get online and, and bid through that way. So we are seeing that also with our stud sales, that people have tried Auctions Plus Plus, when there was the movement and restrictions. And now two or three years after their first trial, they're both having the access to the online sale, but also having a physical presence as well, which requires some juggling of staff and having people on the ground and in the office, if you like. But, um, you know, it's the best of both worlds.
2: There's one other, just before we go on to some of the other statistics, but community and charity, there were 10 sales. What's community and charity
1: that's charity sales that, um, you know, everything from the old, uh, you know, weaner steer that goes up for auction. Um, Auctions Plus has been involved with a few different charities that have, have run the sale. Um, it escapes me the exact details, but we did a couple of big ones up at Beef Centra, uh Beef Twenty yep. at the Expo yep. um, that did well. So they're, they're Auctions Plus sort of, you know, trying to get involved in that space. Um, and give the exposure to the charities, particularly where they're raising their money.
2: Now, I know you um, you mentioned it at Cootamundra, at uh, um, at Anthony's uh, Sheep Festival there, that one of the things you look at closely and you focus on is clearance rates at Auctions Plus. Just talk us through how they're going. Well, first of all, tell us why you think that's important and why it's a statistic you watch, and then tell us how, how they're going.
1: So... You yeah, we, we have the auction, whether it's a sale yard, you know, auction system or Auctions Plus, you get that end result price. You know, a pen of steers sold for this. But what's particularly interesting through the data we can do with Auctions Plus is that not everything sells. You know, um, on average, we're looking on an annual basis, about 75 to 80% clearance rate in a normal commercial cattle or sheep sale is about average. Um, but watching the... Lots that don't sell initially at the close of an auction. So let's say the auction closes at four o'clock on a Tuesday. We watch what happens in the next 48 hours of who's buying, but particularly whether it's the vendor reducing their reserves to lock in the sale or buyers lifting their willingness to pay. Um, And by watching that, I think it can tell us a lot more about where a market is than just the sole end price. What we saw last week, as an example, was at the end of the commercial sheep and lamb sale, first cross ewe lambs, which there was about 10,000 of, there was only a 20% clearance rate at the end of that auction was closed. on. Over the next 48 hours, that clearance rate increased to about 42%. And what we saw was the vendors reducing their reserve levels. Nine out of 10 of them were reducing their reserve levels to guarantee a sale. Now, it requires the work from the agents in between and, you know, very much mm-hmm. the old, uh, if the house doesn't sell, there's a hell of a lot of action after the sale for lockdown. Mm-hmm. But what it tells me is that a lot of the producers who had first cross lambs for sale wanted to get rid of them. You know, there was a real desire to do, they've got to go. What we've seen in previous weeks is there may be no budging on the reserve level, The producers are happy to sit there and go, you know what, it's a good season, I've got plenty of feed, there's no need to get rid of them. And that are the buyers willing to lift their, their target? And we probably saw that um, in October, November last year where it was really the buyers that were having to lift their game, if you like, and dig deeper. At the moment, what we're seeing is the vendors moving first, blinking first to, to, to make their product saleable. And that tells me that the sheep producers are looking to one, get that income in, but two, I think there's a bit of just uncertainty where the season's heading at the moment, um, you know, and they're willing to knock, you know, $5, $10 off a reserve price to ensure the, um, the cash flow.
2: So I'm talking to Tim McRae today on Commodity Conversations, and Tim's the, uh, what, what do you call yourself, Tim, the uh, number oh, one I... analyst or the only analyst on uh, Auctions Plus?
1: Unfortunately, with the age of auctions plus workforce, I'm actually caught the old man. <laughs> I go with, yeah, Chief Economist, but I, get, I, I
2: respond to many things, Rob. Yeah. So I, uh, you can't help but notice on, on, in graphing the supply, we're talking sheep pretty much today because that's what, that's what uh, we were talking with up at Sheep Matters when Anthony Shepard had us up there yesterday. Um, you can't help but notice that you've had this steady growth in, um, in volume And it sort of coincided with prices going up, which was interesting, you know. But how much of that sort of growth, especially in the last two years, has been from COVID and how much is it on trend, in your opinion?
1: I think the majority of the growth that Auctions Plus has seen in the lamb and sheep side in the last two years has been season-related. It's a flexibility in that they need to be sold, I'm ready to sell them but I want this price for them and Auctions Plus is the view where they set the bar and see what happens. What I think will really test the the loyalty of Auctions Plus users is when we go and it's coming back into a dry period with the old, no, they've got to go attitude. And with that, that'll be a challenge for the Auctions Plus business model because when they've got to go, go to a sale yard. I'm out, you know, feed's limited. If we go back to the 19 drought, water was limited. So I think the seasons had the biggest influence. And I think it's the familiarity of the platform that gives them confidence to set the bar. Okay, for lambs, it might be two or four weeks later. They didn't sell at the price we wanted. What do we do? And that was a bit on the, you know, talking about the clearance rates. COVID has been um, also a tailwind. Um, I think it's been much more of a tailwind on the stud side of the sales. But, you know, that obviously has a feed through the, the, um, the system. The real growth we've seen in those lamb numbers is in the shedding breeds and the uh, ability for producers to search and chase lines that they're after. Now, you know, the Tadakil red tag has been a real success story in the last six months. And, and we can just look at the search mechanisms we've got on ours of who's looking for those and that is through the roof. People are really chasing selected items that, you know, Auctions Plus system allows them to go and chase it. So season first, COVID's helped, but particularly I think the search functions and the ability to target, no matter where you are in Australia, target who's selling the product you want also been beneficial.
2: I think um, I think they're really good points. i just take you back to your point about the season because if you go back a bit further in what you were talking about, Tim, you said that, you know, it's something that probably not all producers understand is that you have the ability to, to if you don't sell on the day, to continue in negotiation with, with bidders and, uh, and, and uh, un, you know, unsatisfied buyers, if you like, you know, your agent actually gets. That might mean that um, when there is the pressure on, as you just pointed out with season, um, perhaps auctions plus, you know, plays a bigger role than what it did in the past.
1: Yeah, I think auctions plus will play a bigger part because we' we've we've now got two years, maybe three years of, of good numbers, and the you know the the customer loyalty base being there. Also, what needs to be understood is if it doesn't sell the first time, there's actually you know the the second listing is part is free um, within a certain number of days. So there's the ability to relist, readjust. You know, for a lot of them, it's speak to your agent. Um, did I get any bids at all? How close was I? Okay. I'm, you know, for some of them, it's, well, we're way off target. We need to readjust. And for others, it's, gee, if we'd only dropped it $5, we'd have locked the sale in. And, you know, we see that with, particularly with producers who have used us for a long time and their marketing lines maybe every two or three weeks. You know, the second or third time, gee, they're, they're smack on the market every time because they know what they're after. So that ability to, to really set their own level is, is been beneficial at the moment.
2: Just... Um... Tell me a little bit about uh, the work that you're doing with special brands, if you like, and, and helping them understand where their markets are and where their livestock are going. And, and just explain what, what, you, what we mean by special brands. Perhaps use an example, if you like. So
1: one of the big advantages that Auctions Plus has is the assessment criteria we use that then is used to effectively market the stock through the catalogue. Now, with all the privacy regulations that we use, and and we certainly don't um, take that lightly, we're able to look at certain characteristics that have been offered through, whether it's a line of of sheep and lamb or cattle, and pretty much do customised pricing and targeting for those stock. So as an example, yesterday I were at Cootamundra, I was able to, through the Auction Plus system, put in the Cootamundra postcode, and, okay, 19,000 lambs, Um, were offered out of that particular Cootamundra postcode in 2021. We can then look at where they went and we can look at what type of lambs they were, what areas they went into, when they were purchased, you know, did that that region pay more than less? And what we're finding is, and the cattle um, market is far more advanced than some of the sheep market, is they're able to say, okay, we want to see where our stock went last year because we want to proactively target those regions again when our stock comes back on the market. So there was a first cross um, lamb, you producers down in South Australia who had some sizable numbers, but they all come on the market at the same time. So they wanted to make sure they maximise their sale by targeting the regions that their stock has traditionally gone to, to both make them aware that they're coming again, but also see if they can you know squeeze a little bit more out by offering either as a bigger lot, more you know, select lines, should we be cutting them into smaller smaller lots? Yep. be better offering them in 100 per lot than 500. And we're starting to find the producer groups getting very engaged in that, of course. They also can go away and do their own marketing on those. And the cattle has been very good at it, particularly the Norling cattle guys. Hey, we've got 1,500 head-on options plus in three weeks' time. This is what they are. This is where they And they can really proactively market the stock into the areas and the, the regions that they've traditionally gone to.
2: So, Tim, with your um, analytical background, are you going to start looking at, um, I guess, uh, calculating where the areas might be? If someone's got 1,500 cattle coming up and, uh, and last year they sold them into, um, you know, the Tamworth area, but that's in drought, will, will you be proactively coming forward and saying, well, look, we should be putting some feelers out into um, Dubbo where there's a good season?
1: Yeah, I think we're, at the moment, what we're trying to do with our pricing is, and we've we've called it breed breakdown. So for cattle, we now release quarterly. Average prices for the eight main breeds of cattle that we see quarterly. Um, and that enables producers particularly to go, well, when I market my stock, you know, particularly the Angus-dominated side of things, that's what those young steers are getting. But I'm offering drought masters, and there's the average price we've seen. Um, and it, it's, it's currently, just given the, the emerging level of it, still quite a small number of people, so we're able to handle it almost on a customised basis. Um, but there is the desire to provide that analysis about not just what are things selling for, but where are they going, what is going where, who's buying it. Have they bought it before? You know, the, the, the breaking of the drought, you know, I know around Orange here there's a hell of a lot more hump cattle around Orange than there, you, there is normally or wherever it has been. Both shows you what the demand for young cattle is, but, you know, does that continue? That's, you know, what, what does that tell us about the market that we can use those, those really good uh, movement and geographic um, signs and, and indicators that uh, I don't think we've been able to use in the market
2: before? I think um, I think what you're explaining is, is a really good testament to the work that Angus Street and the team have done in developing Auctions Plus. As you say, it's, a, it's an overnight sensation that's been coming for 35 years or something. And, and I can vaguely remember computer-aided livestock marketing, which was the original forerunner of it all. We haven't talked about price yet because now that you're getting significant volumes, you must be able to do some work on, on price trends and, and provide that sort of information out Tim.
1: Yeah, that's what uh, really excites me. You know, if we've if we've got you know four and a half million sheep and lambs that have come through in the last year, we're able to slice and dice our data now that we think you know is some of the most accurate price reporting. Add to that the geographic, add to that all the other assessment criteria. We
2: also, have- the most the most described livestock.
1: Yes, and. Um, we are we are building that. Um, that's taken some while. It's I remember walking in there and, and going through it and sort of going, "Wow, this is a pot of gold!" But gee, there's some work <laughs> to be done. Anyone who's manipulated uh, pivot tables and and databases knows how much fun that can be. But yeah, you know, there really is that desire to not auctions plus as the commercial um, avenue for selling and buying livestock, but also make almost a customized place that producers can come to even test the value of their livestock instantly, um, which we can do. What have I got? Plug it in. You know, and someone made the comment yesterday at uh, Kudamundra that they, they go onto options plus to just, just see what their stuff's worth. Um, you know, we even have people doing that for machinery. Now I've got an old Lean Cruiser ute, what's it worth? Um, but on the livestock it's side, it's worth
2: a fair bit. I can tell you. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're pretty
1: rare. Um, but I think it's almost providing the ability to have an instantaneous valuation on your stock, whether you're going to sell them or not, you know, the next step. But um, the, the scratching the head, and I wonder what they're worth, you know, and, and over the fence line conversation that many producers have had, I think can evolve to a drop onto the thing. The search functions are pretty easy. Well, okay, 280 to 300 kilo Angus steers are making this at the moment
2: so do you feel tim that the um the the this is sort of taking a little bit left field here but the apprenticeship and the uh position you ended up with at mla as their chief economist really starting to um uh provide some dividends for you now in this sort of work
1: oh look (laughs) um i i thank the mla schooling that i had for a long time under every day i'm sure under two pretty uh, hard taskmasters, yeah. um, you know, and I, I look at the sale yard Reporting Service and it's a, and having run that for, for several years, it's a really difficult yeah. reporting service to run just because of the fundamentals of, of the Salyard and the, the geographic locations and the, the need to get data in quickly and, and accurately. Um yeah, that's always going to be the baseline. The EYCI is the is the, the clear benchmark ASX 200 for what the cattle industry is doing. Yeah. But we're hoping to provide some more tailored
2: yeah.
1: answers that we can provide daily, weekly to producers now who are also not just producing cattle. They produce a certain item, and, and I think it would be nice to provide a pricing and analytical service that gives them that price.
2: Well, Tim, we um, at Mercado love uh, our relationship with Auctions Plus and you're very generous. Um, The the group is very generous, but you're very generous with your time. Um, We only come to you when we really need to know something important and uh, that's why it's not every week, Tim. But thank you very much for your time today. Um, We look forward to catching up again in the future.
1: No, thanks, Rob. Good to catch you uh, yesterday and, um, yeah, stay well. All the best.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of Commodity Conversations. If you're looking for more detailed information on commodity markets, you can head to the Mercado website and pick up a premium subscription which will give you full access to all our archive of reports as well as all the fresh analysis as it's delivered and access to our team of analysts. Thanks again and until next week, take care.